We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. get started like get your popcorn ready podcast we're here with angela johnson we're just here chopping it up thank you for coming on the show oh thank you now we can go ahead forget that intro and go back to what we were just talking about your name yeah i have a story behind it what's the story oh i need to hear get your popcorn ready because we got a story right yeah it's kind of deep i did change the spelling it was a-n-g-e-l-a i knew it was secrets come out yeah it was basicy basic and i never heard a white person trying to be black though yes i She's yeah. Mexican. Yeah, let's um, say she's not white. She's not white. So, well, I mean, in our, in <laughs> how I grew up, if you weren't black, you were white. Right, exactly. So mm-hmm. I'll be correct here. Okay. <laughs> Mexican, Hispanic. How about that? Sure, sure, whatever. You okay. Want. She's she's diverse. Um, okay. That what you do. So in high school, I was going to this church at the time, and the pastor gave this sermon about the importance of name, and he was talking about how a lot of names in the Bible had the AH at the end, like mm. Isaiah, Elijah, Jonah, Sarah, oh, and that okay. the AH is the sound of God. Even in other religions, Allah, mm-hmm. Buddha, the okay. AH is the sound oh, of God. Ah. So when you have the AH, Uh (laughs) When you have the A-H in your name, it means connected to God. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to put the H in my name to be connected to God. And then I changed the G to a J because that's my initials. A-N-J is Angela Nicole Johnson. So that was my name. So I was was getting real creative in high school. And then it just stuck. So that's the first time you... Thought you were a little smart or different this, or like, crazy well, creative. or creative. creative. I am so it's cute. <laughs> Look at me. That's, okay. that's probably what my thought process was. Okay. Okay. So yeah, let's, let's talk about these high school years, right? As you've seen, you're very confident now, right? Yeah. Were you this confident in high school? Were you the pretty hot chick? Were you the nerdy, not so hot chick? Do you have self confidence? How would the, you how was your like high school? The, the ugly duckling. Experience. I mean, and mm. became like. Uh, I, I feel like I was an ugly duckling. You I'm, are still I'm an more ugly duckling now. I've, I've grown into my looks over the years. Um, I can't say the quack, same about quack. him. Quack. I can't really say the same about him. You, you know? guys are doing all right. Y'all yeah. doing we're, all right. We're confident. We're, we just say that because we're confident, young men. Uh, for me personally, I bounced around. I went to a bunch of different high schools. I was actually, uh, I kind of got depressed in high school, and so mm-hmm. I just kind of mm-hmm. would 
drop out and then go to the next school and then stop going and go to the next school. So I kind of mm -hmm. bounced around. Why was, what, what happened? What was I bringing mean, on the depression? A lot of things, the teen angst, first of all, um, faith, like trying to figure out where mm. I was. I would like go to church and see people like raising their hands and worshiping God and like calling God dad and father. I was like, I don't even wow. understand. Like I don't have that type of relationship with right. my dad. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, like, right. what is this like? Right. Um, so I was like involved in the church and then also like conflicted mm -hmm. with it. And then just teenagers trying to find out who I was. I was, I was, uh, you know, Mexican American, but I didn't speak Spanish. So I was trying mm -hmm. to be more Mexican than I thought I was. I wanted to be a chola real bad, like, mm -hmm. but no, nobody was scared of little Bayasa Johnson. <laughs> nobody, like, who is she? Right. Um, so it, it was just a lot of, um, a lot of stuff and just mm -hmm. depression and hormones and all the things. So yeah, yeah I kind of bounced around in yeah. high school, but I was cute, I think, yeah. I was mm -hmm. cute. I had my dark lips and like my she did the black 90s eyebrows. And yeah, all that? I was trying to be a chola, I was trying to okay. be, I was trying to fight somebody. Had the, uh, the Converse on, right, <laughs> uh -huh. with the jeans Yeah, I had, my, jeans. I had my Nike Cortez, wore yeah. my Converse. Oh yeah, uh, I had I your khakis on, your dickies. Yes, I had my dickies. Ooh. Please find a picture of this Ooh, and send me that. that. I want to see, see how intimidating she looked. Who was your best friend in high school? Okay, so my friend Monica. So I I wanted to be chola real bad, but she actually was chola real mm -hmm. bad. Like we had different upbringings. Like my mom was taking us to church on Sundays, and her mom was a drug addict, and mm -hmm. her boyfriend was a drug dealer. So all my bad stuff I learned from her. They introduced me to drugs. They introduced me to boys. They introduced me to all the things. And then mm -hmm. my mom was like, "Okay, let's go to church." So when yeah. she stayed at our house for the weekend, yeah. it was a whole different experience yeah, than when we stayed at her house. Y'all was turning up at her house, sneaking yeah. out of the bedroom. And yeah, all yeah, that. yeah, yeah. So Monica, she was that was my ride or die. That's my homegirl. Do you still talk to Monica? I do. Awesome. I do. That's I do awesome. talk to her. Does, that, does she give you like any type of, okay, this is what you were doing back in the day, now that you're this big comedian, like stay humble, remember where you're from type of conversation with her? I mean, nah, she, we we know it. She knows me. I'm still mm -hmm. the same person that I was. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we grew up and had different lives. Obviously, I went down, I was like a cheerleader and, and mm -hmm. went into the entertainment industry and then she went into prison. And so it was like different. Oh, we wow. went down different Ooh, right, roads. Right, but, yeah, um, but she's still, out now. Yes, we're she's glad, out. Monica. Yeah, we're glad. She, she brought her life back together. <laughs> right. She's now doing good. Forks in the road and then y'all uh -huh. came back. We talk a lot about, again, being a professional athlete, like a lot of the homies, your boys, whatever. Right. The real ones understand when you just have this passion that you're gonna stray from yeah. the normal. Yeah. But when y'all come back five years later, ten years later, it's all love. It's yeah. all the same. Like, like you didn't miss a day. Uh -huh. You know, and I think that's the best part about having real friends like her. And like you're a great friend to her, obviously, Absolutely. because when she was gone, when she came back, I'm sure you guys got back to square one as well. For sure. That I mean, you're right. Your real ones know. Yeah. And they stick with you. And it's the same thing. You can like go do your thing, you don't talk for a long time, and then you come back and it's like no time has passed. High school, right? Then no college, right? So you went straight I did junior in... college for a little while. Okay, where'd you go to junior college? Uh, De Anza in the Bay Area. Okay. I went to junior college for a little bit. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. I mean, you the did fact a lot that of figuring went... out of your life. I mean, that's the the that's title life. of my book is "Who Do I Think I Am." It's right. always I'm constantly Who? trying to figure out. Yes, um, that it but is. so when I was going to college, the fact that I went to junior college 
it was a miracle because I bounced around to so many different high schools. Right. Like, How did you I get didn't to want, another school? Right? I didn't want to be in school. And then now that I don't have to go, I voluntarily went. Like, I, it's, <laughs> yeah. I don't understand. Doing Bizarre, that. right. Um, but anyway, so I was in school trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And I was, um, you know, I grew up cheerleading and I wanted to be an actress. But I would never say it out loud because I was mm. embarrassed. Mm. Because, like, where do you be an actress in San Jose? You Nowhere, don't. Yeah. Like, it's not like you see these celebrities walking down the street no, and you're like, oh, I could do not that. Not in San Jose. Yeah, not in no. the South. No. Yeah, not in the South Bay. No. Right. No. And even at the time, like, who did I have to look up to on TV that I could see? You know, like, you can watch The Cosbys and be that like, oh, that's you, a, right? an educated family. They're like a, a normal, like, working right. class family. Like, mm -hmm. there was no Latino Cosbys. There was right, no Cosbys. Right. It's not like I had somebody to look up to right. and be like, oh, right. I could do that. Right. And um, so anyways, it was like a like a fantasy at mm -hmm. that point that I just tucked away in my heart because mm -hmm. it was so far-fetched. Mm -hmm. Like, I might as well say I want to be a princess at that point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I would, like, tuck it away in my heart, but then I would go to the movies and I would be mad that I wasn't in the movie. Yeah. You that know? should be me up there. Yes. I could do better than J-Lo. Like, I, I didn't know how to do it, but I wanted to do it. Like, I remember watching That's Training awesome. Day Mm -hmm. And seeing like all the cholas in the background, and I was like, I could be, I that, could chola. be that cholo. Yeah. I could, I could I stand by that. that car. I can do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Does yeah. somebody need to tell me where's that car parked so I could go stand by it? Like, it's still there. You can you go. You know, tomorrow. I had no idea how to do it, so I was like, that's embarrassing. I'm not going to say this out loud. Well, mm. then I had a friend who was like a friend of a friend. I didn't even know her that well at the time. She had moved to LA mm -hmm. and she was like chasing her dreams and she was in like a Ross commercial and like an sync music video. And I was like, oh, I know somebody famous. Superstar, yeah, she's say. a superstar. Yeah. yeah, so she was living the dream and I remember telling her like, hey, I, I kind of want to do that too. And she was like, okay, well, if you move out here, I'll help you get started and I'll help show you the ropes. Mm. So now like the far-fetched fantasy was becoming more of an attainable dream, like mm -hmm. something I could actually go for. Yeah. And then around that same time, I had another friend who I grew up with. She was a cheerleader for the Oakland Raiders. Mm -hmm. And okay. she was like, you should come try out. And I was like, no, nah, that's not really my thing. Because I grew up cheerleading, but competitive, like stunts, tumbling, okay. like athletic. Okay. And this was more like pretty, Be cute. Yeah, shake yeah, your yeah. pom-poms, yeah. you know, show well, a little you cleavage. Can do that. I mean, you can do that. <laughs> All the things. But it wasn't my jam. Because right. I was like no? tomboy girl. So I was like, nah, it's not my yeah. whatever. But then I was like, you know what? I was thinking about it. I was praying about it. And I was mm -hmm. like, okay. I will go try out for the Oakland Raiders cheerleading squad. Mm -hmm. And if I make the squad, I'll do it for one year. Okay. And then I'll move to LA to pursue my dreams. But if I don't make the squad, then I'm going to take that as my sign that the entertainment industry is not for not me. Not for me. Wow. So I drove to Oakland by myself. There's mm -hmm. about 700 girls at this open call wow. audition. Mm -hmm. right, right. Uh, long story short, I end up making the squad. And I what remember, year was this? this is 2002-2003. Wow. We went to the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay oh, in yeah. San Diego. I, Jerry had just... I, I went, Jerry. That's when I was there. You guys were, you guys were over at the, the, ho the hotel right by the airport. Uh, we, we were in La Jolla. They kept us far, as far away from the players oh, yeah, as possible. Players. <laughs> we were over. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. that was uh, the Bill year Jerry, Jerry had gone to. Yeah, to the Raiders. Uh, to Tim Raiders, Brown. And then we they had Jerry Porter, Rich uh, Gannon. Right, yeah, right, right, right. I hurt my shoulder. I sat out that whole year. That's funny. That's when I was there at That's the Super funny. Bowl. Okay. So I made the squad, and that was my promise to myself. That I would do it for one year. We went to the Super mm -hmm. Bowl. 
came oh, home so from the Super Bowl. Yeah. The very next weekend, I packed up my room and I drove in my station wagon to LA. Station So that wagon. didn't inspire yes. you? That didn't motivate you to want to stay again because you went to the Super Bowl? You would think, right? Yeah, because like, it didn't. Like, you're like, it's bigger and better things going That's on. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like an, an athlete, like if you go to, not for like you switch though. roles. And then you go try out for the team. Y'all make the Super Bowl the first girl around. You're like, oh, man, I'm going to go again. I'm gonna try well, listen, yeah. if, I was, if I was making money, I probably would have stayed. Yeah. Freaking, oh. <laughs> yeah, there's, that's Isn't got a lot to do crazy? with it. crazy? I found out, this was years later that I found out, y'all only make like, no more than like 50 bucks a game. What, what, was, what, did, what did you guys make? Okay, so at that time, off. thank you for I being pissed, pissed off. I, <laughs> I felt like that was so inhumane. To yeah. have them doing what they did. They're animals. They're yeah. right there and they only get paid 50 bucks a game. Like, they get know, paid off their appearances, right? You guys would do so, appearances. Well, but everybody doesn't look as good as her. She doesn't well, get appearances. She'll get appearances because she's cute. I know, well, but I'm just saying not everybody gets the benefits. Go, go. At well, how the much time, we were the highest paid cheerleaders in the NFL at $80 a game. Because Al Davis loved y'all. Right. That's and crazy at, also at the time, we were the only uh, team in the NFL that allowed fraternization between players and Wait, cheerleaders. Ah. But it was frowned upon. That yeah. was part of our orientation when we first made the squad. They With were the, like, the team director. They were like, yes, it technically, the Raiders are the but. only team that allows it, but it is frowned upon. Basically, right, right. like, don't do it. Don't do um, it. But we were the highest paid cheerleaders at $80 a game. That's we balling. did not get paid for our charity appearances. We got paid for selling our calendars. The calendar. so, I remember the calendar. So we like... would buy our calendar wholesale and then we would sell it at, you know, wow. Raider Image for like 15 bucks or whatever and Dude, sign our autograph. And that's how that's we made so our money. Wow. That's so wonderful. I mean, if we look, I still, we look at players from back in the day. I still, we weren't getting paid nothing compared to what they're getting paid now either. So that, I get bro, that's it. A whole different... It's a whole different level, but sure. I, I'm still upset at that as well. You oh, know what I'm saying? Man, that's... I hear you. I hear so you. okay, so boom, left station wagon, uh -huh. 60 mile an hour, right? Done. Hitting LA. So what happened was, I had um, my cousin was in radio in the Bay Area. I don't mm -hmm. know if you remember Big Joe was like Wild well, 949. Yeah, Big Joe. Like, yeah. So mm -hmm. then he comes to LA, and now he works for Power 106. Now he's on Big Boy's neighborhood. With now Franny he's Joe and Grande. all those guys, Franzen. Yeah. So I'm now he's Joe Grande out here, Grunting. and so he was living here. And I had asked him before I came out here. I was like, Can I come sleep on your couch until yeah. like you know get my life together? Yeah. And he was like, Yeah, for sure. And then he was like, hey, I ended up buying, a, he was renting at the time, he's like, I ended up buying a condo, um, so I for sure need you to come, because I need you to pay rent. Yeah, I need a and little I bit of like, that extra. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he was like, it. yeah, I bought a condo, it's like a little bit right outside of LA, like a little outside. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. So I drive there, I get to LA, and then all of a sudden we're on the 210, now we're heading east. A while. Mm, that's, that's, yeah, that's, and then that's I see, outside of LA. I, I see the downtown <laughs> lights, and I was like, oh, it's so dreamy. I live here now. I'm about to chase my dream. And then we kept driving for like another 25, 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, we were going Barso. to a city called Monrovia. Monrovia. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's an hour out. That's why I go to church. And I was like, Monrovia? Yeah. Where is that's this? Not LA. Is Monrovia <laughs> lost? How do we find Monrovia? Yeah. You know? So, um, I lived there at first with my cousin, okay. and I would like drive in to try to get auditions and things like that. Right. But I started as an extra. I was an extra on Friends, which at the time was the number one show on television. Absolutely, right. it world. Was my huge. favorite show ever, and it was incredible. And how I got on that show is is a fun story too. Um, get your popcorn ready. Yes, um, get, yes, get it ready. 
So, uh, <laughs> there he is. So, my friend who was like, if you move out here, I'll help you get started. Mm -hmm. She kept her word. Okay. And I get here and she's like, okay, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go sign up to be an extra mm -hmm. at Central Casting. Mm -hmm. And when you get there, there's gonna be a line of people out the door waiting to sign up to be an extra. Yes. I don't want you to wait in line. I want you to stop at the grocery store, get a tray of cookies. And I want you to bring your Raider at Headshot. And when you walk in to the front, ask for a guy named Sam. When he comes out, just tell him you're new to town and you want to be an extra. Give him the cookies and that's it. And that I'm like, awesome. okay, this sounds real shady, first yes, of all. but I'm going to do it. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> this sounds like the casting couches everybody warned me about, yeah, yeah, but I'm going to yeah. trust you because you were in a Ross commercial, so you know what you're talking Hilarious. about. Hilarious. <laughs> so I come with my sleazy cookies and my Raider at headshot. And I walk in, I'm like, yeah, I'm here for Sam. And they're like, okay, he'll be right out. Next thing you know, this guy comes walking out wearing a Raiders hat. Mm -hmm. And I of was course, like, we're, we're like three weeks off of the Super Bowl yeah. at this point. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, oh, yeah. okay. Got so I give him his cookies and then I give him my Raider at headshot. And I was like, this is for you. Mm -hmm. Immediately he was like, Raiders, no way. Like so excited. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm new to town. I want to be an extra. He was like, great, give me your phone number. We'll make it happen. A few days later, he calls me and he's like, hey, you want to be an extra on Friends? And which was the number one show at the time. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do want to be an extra yeah. on Friends. Like right now. And that's how it started. That is fantastic. That's an awesome story. Did you get your SAG card from that as well? I did. So I you're did. now you're in the game. Yeah. Right? Extra on Friends, doing your thing. You uh -huh. think you're a superstar, you're not. Oh, don't tell oh but let that. me tell you. But my whole family, like once <laughs> oh, I was them, like, there, yeah. I'm about to be an extra on Friends, like the family newsletter went out. Yeah, it was yeah. like, she my made it. My baby made it. Yeah, 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 yeah my it. baby made it. Okay, so what was the next move after the Friends? Like, when did you start the comedy portion of your career? So, stand-up came as like a fluke, to be honest. Wow. Um, mm. I was on a new show, I was a stand-in on a mm. show. And mm -hmm. like, you know, for anybody watching who doesn't know the difference, like an extra, you're just in the background and, you know, pretend to eat or drink or whatever in the restaurant. They already and then, know, they've heard. Yeah, like he's okay. doing right now, the extra. Uh -huh. You would be they an extra right now, absolutely. From him, so you don't have to. <laughs> Regurgitate this information. Stop laughing. It's already known. Don't laugh at those guys. Don't laugh at those jokes. So I was a stand-in on this show. And at the time, I was going to a church. Again, all these, all my things happened in You're church. You're still trying to find yourself. Yeah, still trying to figure out mm -hmm. who am I. Mm -hmm. And uh, this particular church was like an entertainment industry type of church. Everybody who goes here is like, want to be an actor, a director, a mm -hmm. producer, or something, right? So on Tuesday nights, they had their creative arts night. And they would have like a dance class, singing class, acting class, production class, like whatever you wanted. So I'm mm -hmm. in the acting class. And we would play improv games. And I was funny in the improv games. Mm -hmm. And there was a woman there. And she was like, hey, I'm going to be teaching a joke writing stand-up comedy class. Do you want to come mm. take my class? And I was like, is it free? First thing first. And she was like, yeah, it's free. And I was like, I guess. Mm. I had no desire to be mm -hmm. a comedian. I was wow. just like, sure, I'll take it. It's a free class. Might, might as well, why not? So I take this class at this church, and one of the first jokes that I wrote was this nail salon bit that ends up blowing up my spot the bon on the Kui Kui. years later. Well, Bon Kui Kui was, was from later? Bad TV. Oh, the okay. nail salon is a stand-up joke that I did that ended up going viral when awesome. YouTube was brand new. It was a brand new thing called YouTube. Yeah. And it was at a time where like, if somebody sent you an email and there was a video in it, you definitely watched it because you're like, what? A video, a video and email? On email? Like it was brand new. 
So it was at that time where videos were new to receive mm -hmm. and then a funny, relatable story about me going to get my nails done. Mm -hmm. And it ended up going crazy, like mm -hmm. wildfire. And it was at a time where I had been in LA for a few years. Uh, nothing was popping off in my life. Like I was on unemployment at the time. My mm -hmm. unemployment checks had run out. Mm -hmm. I didn't have an agent to get me auditions or opportunities. Mm. Um, I had no money to pay my bills. Like my sister would send me money to pay my rent and gift certificates to the grocery store so I could wow. get food to eat. You know, wow. it was like, I was that place in my life. Nothing was going on. And all of a sudden this video pops off. And it's 2007 in mm. January. From January to February, there was like 4 million views on this video, which at the time, that was a lot. Yeah. It's still a lot now, but right, like, right. it mm. was a lot at the time. I gotta go research this nail. This oh, thing. you do? <laughs> what color you like? It's, yes. What color you like? Yes, it you is, the whole story. You have boyfriend? You have girlfriend? <laughs> yeah, have you seen it? Because those are all the things. Yes. No, but I'm, yeah. I know, I'm familiar. <laughs> so, all of a sudden, it starts going viral, and then by February, everybody in Hollywood had seen this movie. Mm -hmm. And nobody knew how to get a hold of me because I didn't have an agent. Right, and this right. is a time when MySpace was popular. Yeah, MySpace. So all of a sudden, my MySpace Man, page starts boy, blowing dating. up. Yeah. I know, I'm dating myself now. <laughs> I mean, because I look real young, but don't let it you, you get away with it, you um, So my MySpace page is blowing up. People are leaving me messages from all over the world who saw this video. Wow. And they're like, hey, when are you coming to perform in Australia, the Philippines? Yeah, like, fill like, in the blank. What? Yeah. I had no idea that people started knowing about me. Then I started getting messages that were like, hey, I'm the assistant to so-and-so mm -hmm. executive at NBC, at mm -hmm. CBS, at mm -hmm. fill in the blank. All of these network executives saw my video and mm -hmm. they wanted to meet with me, mm -hmm. but nobody knew how to get a hold of me. So yeah. their assistant would find me on MySpace. And you had no money to uh, pay your cell phone bill, so that was all. Awesome. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was like they were sending <laughs> pigeons to my house. I was figuring it out. I'm really smart and creative, like I said. Um, and so anyways, I take all these meetings, I end up getting a new agent, a new manager, and this video starts going viral. By May, I end up booking Mad TV, and I'm now a cast member on Mad TV, which is where awesome. the character Bone Queekly yeah, was okay, born. Okay. And then by the end of the year, I was headlining with stand-up comedy. I was a, I was a headlining comedian from January 2007 right. when I had nothing to my name, no right. money, no opportunities, right. nothing in my life saying, hey, you're on the right track, keep mm -hmm. going, mm -hmm. to the end of the year, my life had completely changed, mm -hmm. and I'm on this hit television show, mm -hmm. I'm touring as a comedian, when all I had was, you know, these 12 mm -hmm. minutes that I wrote in a free class at a church. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. 
Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You always talk about a lot of transitioning out of stardom, right? Now we're talking about transitioning into stardom. So what kept you on that path? What kept you saying, you know, tomorrow's my day, next week it's going to happen, all those positive right. thoughts that you were having? Like, what kept you on that path? I feel like it was a couple things. One, like I said, my sister, who would, like, Send me resources mm-hmm. so that it was actually I What's could your do it. Name? You know, Veronica. Shout out to Veronica. Thank you for keeping the dream hey, alive. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was my sister, and um, honestly, and I don't want to discredit. Like, there was a lot of, of people course, of who course. helped me. Yeah. So, but I, my sister but was definitely a stand-up. She yeah. Got you um, but there was also. I felt in my gut, in my spirit, mm-hmm. like I could hear God telling me. The many I'm spirits that you were searching for. Yes. <laughs> I kept saying, I kept hearing him say, I'm not done. Mm. I know it looks a type yeah. of way, yeah. but I'm not done. Yeah. Just hold on, I'm not done. And I kept feeling that. Mm-hmm. So I held on to that. So it's it's like when you go and you chase a dream, it's one thing when you just like have this dream, but it's Another thing, when you feel like you have a dream and you have a calling, where you mm. feel like this is like your calling, where you're meant to be, where you're supposed right. to be, mm-hmm. you you wade through the waters a little longer. Yep. You you go through the storm a little longer yep. because it's more than just like, oh, I want to do that one day. Yep. Yep. It's like I want to do that one day, yep. but also I feel like I'm supposed yep. to do that. Yeah, right. It's a passion, not a goal, right? A goal is the end of the race. A passion is how I'm going to get through the sure. race and finish it. Okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. So, so how the again? So your experience in this success in the comedy world, right? But of course, you're gonna go through the lumps of the comedy world as well. When did yeah. those start? Well, honestly, I was very lucky right out the gate. Like um, this video went viral, and I started selling out shows immediately. Awesome. So I was wow. very grateful. I got my first hour special within my first four years of doing wow. stand-up comedy, which is wild. Right, right. And um, so I was very lucky right out the gate. But I would say, you know, there's ebb and flow. It's a roller coaster, this right. industry. Like, one day you're hot, one day you're right. not. And it's learning that balance mm-hmm. of um, riding with it. And it's easier for me to say, looking back now, that um, you're right where you're supposed to be at all seasons. Yes. So yes. when you're hot, you're right where you're supposed to yep, be. Yep. And when nobody's calling you, you're still right, you're right where you're, you're supposed still to be. Gotta believe. At the time, it was difficult, though, because you start doubting. And you're like, yeah. oh, nobody likes me anymore. Yeah. Nobody wants to book me anymore. Like, yeah. I used to book TV shows all the time. Like, every pilot season, oh, I definitely had a pilot. It was right. like, which one am I going to book this year? Right, right. And then all of a sudden, it went to, like, no pilots. No pilot, no pilot, and then it starts slowing down. It's mm-hmm. like, ah, what's going on? What's going on? Yeah. Like, am yeah. I done? Like, was yeah. this it? And um, those are the times that it's difficult. That uh, you gotta wait, you gotta mm-hmm. wait it out. You have to be hopeful. You gotta get creative. Patience, um, patience, and also it's a fine line of not getting desperate. Yes. Not just taking whatever job comes your way, yeah. but 
you know, staying the course mm -hmm. and trusting the process. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what my necklace says, trusting the process. You gotta trust mm -hmm. the process always and, mm -hmm. and be in it. And for me, I listen to my spirit, I listen to my gut, like right where I'm supposed to be and mm -hmm. I follow my intuition. Mm -hmm. I follow that spirit prompting and I'm like, okay, I need to wade this out and then okay, I think I'm done with this. I think I need to move on. I mm -hmm. think I need to let this part go. Mm -hmm. I need to focus on this. And I actually got to a place I was, it was 2019, right before COVID. Mm -hmm. And um, I was burnt out. I had been touring at the time for like 13 years. Wow. And um, I was burnt out. And I felt like everything that I was creating, mm -hmm. I was creating out of survival mode mm -hmm. as opposed to creating because I'm the a creative love. person. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. I was creating to stay relevant. Mm -hmm. I was creating because, oh, everybody has a YouTube channel, I should have I a YouTube channel. Too, right? Everybody's doing TikTok, I should do TikTok. It was like that kind of thing, as opposed to this is what's, what's coming out of me because I'm a creative yeah. person. Yeah. So I got to this place where I was like, you know what, I need to go on sabbatical. I need to take a break. Mm. I need to come off the road. Mm -hmm. I need to get realigned with myself, with God, get mm -hmm. back into alignment, get back into what is my passion. And for me, it was like, if you imagine there's this garden that we all have, it's our career, it's our life, it's, it's mm -hmm. everything that we pour ourselves into. And you have this garden and you start planting all these different things and you can only give so much of yourself. Mm -hmm. And so if you look at your garden, there's like weeds, some of it's flourishing, some of it's not. And I was like, I need to go on a break and take my hands off the garden and let some things wither away, mm. let some things yeah. die. So yeah. then you could see through all the weeds and you can see what is flourishing, what you should really spend your time yep. on. Yep. Because I would do things, like I would see my friend like, oh, she's directing an episode of this show. And I'm like, oh, should I be a director? Mm -hmm. Is that what we're supposed to do? Yep. We have to uh, aspire. Yeah. Right, and you just start getting into that like desperation of like stay relevant. And so I was like, I need to let some things wither away in mm -hmm. my life and see what really is for me. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of did that. And it was like, okay, this is what flourishing, I'm gonna keep pouring myself into this. Mm -hmm. This is flourishing, I'm gonna keep pouring myself into this. Everything else is not for me. Right. And so I went on this sabbatical and it was January, 2020 was the beginning of my sabbatical. I was taking the whole year off. Mm -hmm. And so I'd taken all my calendar dates off, canceled So you're the anything. reason COVID happened. That's what I'm saying. Oh my gosh, now we figured it out, people. I'm so sorry, everyone, <laughs> my apologies. Um, mm. And yeah, so I was on this sabbatical and then next thing you know, COVID happens and everybody goes on sabbatical with me. And, yes, and that we're was all my, with you, everybody, the my whole break, world. My big long <laughs> break that I took. That's so crazy. not only did you take a break, like you said, everybody uh -huh. took a break. Yeah, yeah. So you really didn't miss out on anything. Which but you so wouldn't have helpful. anyway because it's your time yes. that you're taking off. That's what you're trying to tell yourself. However, let me tell you, let's be 100, is in the beginning before COVID happened, it was very difficult because I was still watching my friends my peers mm -hmm. um, hustle and succeed. It was mm -hmm. like, oh, look at my friend, she's doing this movie. Look at my friend, he just sold out this arena. Look at my friend. And then I start doubting my decision mm -hmm. of taking a sabbatical. I start doubting my choice. I'm like, wait a minute, did I really need this or was I just a coward? Mm -hmm. Look at my friends, they're still they're hustling doing and they're it. tired. Yeah, yeah. Did I really need, oh man, did I just F up? And was this like, mm -hmm. I took myself out of the algorithm right. of life, right. start doubting my choices. Like, oh my gosh, I just messed up. Right. Everybody's gonna forget about me by the time I come back. Right. Like all of these questions, then COVID happens and then everybody's tour is canceled. And mm -hmm. then it was in that moment that I was like, 
I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Yeah, you made mm. the right to decide. I'm right where decision. I'm supposed to be. So, so like the, the faith that you have instilled in you, like where'd that come from? Is that from like just growing up, like your parents had you in the church every Sunday? Got you guys like the four or five times a week going to church type of family? Because it's obviously in you, you know, till you're till this day. Yeah. So like where'd that come from? I feel like um we grew up, we didn't go to church as like children. Mm. My parents took us to Catholic church at first and they had me do my, my first communion and catechism in Catholic church and then they got divorced and then we had to leave the Catholic church because they got divorced. Wow, that's a thing. Yeah. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah, divorced, and then. Um, wow. wow, I didn't know that either. I mean, I don't know if it's changed <laughs> nowadays, but I know that's what it was back then. Okay. So then my parents both started going to Christian churches, like, separately. My mom was at this one. Dad was at right. that one. Mm -hmm. And so we started going to church in, like, youth group. And I would say my teenage years, when I was in the youth group, is when it really shifted for me and I, I started building my own faith. Uh, when I started seeing other kids that were like me, that weren't corny, Mm -hmm. That, you know, I, we went to this church that was very diverse. Uh, black kids, Filipino kids, Mexican kids, Asian kids, like all kinds of different kids. It wasn't just real vanilla. Um, and street kids. Mm -hmm. We were all there. And we were all learning about God together. So mm -hmm. it felt like um, I was building a foundation mm -hmm. then. And it has been with me until today where I am today, even though I have evolved mm -hmm. as a woman, as a comedian, as a wife, as a... A believer, my faith has evolved. Um, I've, I feel like personally, I've, I've taken God out of the box that I've kept God mm -hmm. in since my, my childhood. This is what, what mm -hmm. God looks like. It mm -hmm. only looks like this one way. This is what uh, the church says. So this is the way it looks. I feel like I've evolved to a place where I'm like, you know, I feel like God is bigger mm -hmm. than that, mm -hmm. and I've gotten to a place where I can take God out of that box mm -hmm. and, and believe. Mm -hmm have faith, but believe in right. a bunch of different aspects of who I believe God is. Okay, so I got a couple of questions. Yeah. <clears throat> Listen to that. So how did Angela, or Angela, Angela, mm -hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you, or when did you realize that you were funny and you became a comedian? Because you said earlier, uh, alluded to the fact that it just kind of happened by uh -huh. flu. Yeah. So when did you find out or figure out, okay, I'm funny, I'm, you know, you consider yourself a comedian. Now you gotta get on stage. And then like I said, you went through this, you know, this sabbatical where that there was nothing really to promote. And you're like, you gotta get back on track. But prior to that, like, what made you think that you were a comedian and you, I guess <laughs> you're in your faith and you're listening to this calling for you to yeah. become a comedian? And like where did like where did you get your content from? Like, and then just the direction of your your skits and your yeah. comedy, because like I said, there are some comedians like they're a little edgy, uh -huh. you know what I mean? There's some little PG, and uh -huh. then, you know, there's different ranges sure. of, of, of comedy. So I want to know a little bit more about that, and, as well as our audience. So, yeah. everyone, um, my dad was the first comedian that I've ever met. He wasn't a stand-up comedian. Mm -hmm. He was just the guy who got a laugh in every conversation. He, he was just funny. Wow. Not, he was like, the funny guy. That's like me. That's like me. He's funny I, looking. I make people laugh. I make people laugh. You know what I'm saying? He, he swears he should be on stage. I should be. I'm just not going to be. You, if you decide to, I will buy your ticket. There it is. See, come, come my show. One seat. Her and my mama. <laughs> Betty, you and Enhalach. Go be at the comedy show. <laughs> um, so my so dad, dad was the funny guy. Yeah. I, I grew up 
watching my dad have a quick wit. He always had a comeback. He right. always had something funny to say. Mm -hmm. So I grew up knowing that that's what you do. You mm. say funny things. And then I had the timing because my dad had it. My grandpa had it. Like, okay. it was like handed down. It's we all the DNA, have comedy girl. timing. It's in the my DNA. whole family is funny. All my siblings are funny. Our group chat. It's hilarious. Let me tell you. Oh, really? I am not the funniest person in my family. What? I'm just the one who made a living off of it. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. I would say my brother Kenny is probably the funniest person in our family. His wit, he's really? quick. Kenny, he's tell like, me a joke, buddy. Let me tell you. <laughs> he is so quick before I can even like think. And we're in text yeah. threads, so you yeah. know everybody's trying to the like bubbles is going up each other. You know, you see it, and you're like trying to be like, oh, okay, by the time I'm even like yes. thinking where to go, he already hit it. And we're like, ah, yeah. you win. Yeah. He's so funny, but that's when he's comfortable around his people, mm -hmm. but he's not the performer. Right, he's stage. not on stage. Yeah. He's not, no. He doesn't have that stage presence. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. He's just that. comfortable with his people and right. he's quick, quick, quick. Right. Um, so I'm just the one who made a living off of it. But mm -hmm. so my whole family is funny. We grew up laughing. We grew up making each other laugh. Right. I never knew that I was funny outside of that mm -hmm. though um, until I took this class, until I excelled at the class. Because you always hear about comics who um, will tell you about their first time on stage and they'll be like, I bombed. Mm -hmm. oh, it was terrible, I bombed, yeah. but that's their dream. So they gave it another go. Mm -hmm. And they tried again and again right. until they worked at it and got better. Mm -hmm. Had I bombed you, on my first time, you was done. I would have never <laughs> done it again because it wasn't my dream. It was something mm -hmm. I, I took a free class because it was a free class. Mm -hmm. So if I would have done terribly, I'd be like, okay, that wasn't for me, right. you know, keep it moving. But I did well. And then people would hear about me and they would invite me like, hey, do you want to come do my Tuesday night at mm -hmm. the improv? Do you want to come do you know, my Thursday mm -hmm. night at Buzz Cafe or whatever it is? Mm -hmm. And so that's how it started to grow mm -hmm. a little bit. But um, it's, I didn't realize that I was funny outside of my family mm -hmm. until I took this class. What was, the, what was the feeling like internally when you got that first big laugh? Like, it's like, my, like, I know the first time I scored a touchdown, like, that was a feeling that nobody could ever, that, that was it. That was the moment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. what was that moment when you got the first big laugh? So when I took that free class, our graduation from the class was we had to perform at a real comedy club. Mm -hmm. Well, we all had to bring 10 people. They call it a bringer room, which mm -hmm. means you have to have 10 people there in order to get on stage. So there was about, I don't know, maybe eight of us in the class. Everybody had to bring 10 people, yeah. but everybody brought even more than yeah. that because all of their show. friends were excited to yeah. like support them. They just took this class. They're trying to be yeah. a comedian, whatever. So it was a packed house yeah. of what we call a warm room. Everybody yes. knows Friendly. that we're all brand new <laughs> right, right. and we're just going to be real generous right. with our laughter. Right. Yeah, it was exactly. one of those, right? right. So we all spent time in this class writing material. And then the woman who taught the class was like, I'm going to pick your five minutes. Everybody's just doing five minutes. Mm -hmm. So of all the material you wrote, I will pick your five minute set. And that's mm. what you're going to do. Okay. And when it came to me, she let me do all my material that wow. I wrote because it all was funny. Wow. So you're special. You got special treatment. I was like, okay. Yeah, and okay. like I knew it was funny, but then she like co-signed it and yeah, was like, she yeah, just it, yeah. do all your do all your minutes. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I was the only one who did like 10, 12 minutes of material on stage that night. Mm -hmm. And great response. Mm -hmm. Everybody was getting great response, but of course, you feel it. You can feel yes. a genuine laugh. Not just laugh. your bringers. You know? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It wasn't just my family laughing. It was everybody's, everybody's family, family was laughing. It wasn't your bringers. Um, but I feel like that 
whole process, mm -hmm. me understanding what was happening and realizing, like being backstage and her saying, just do all of your minutes mm -hmm. was kind of like, mm -hmm. I see what you're putting down. Mm -hmm. I get it. Mm -hmm. I, I get, you see what I kind of know. I feel. Yeah. yeah. And then going on stage and then having everybody else confirm that as well. It was, um, again, one of those moments of like, I'm where I'm supposed to be. Mm. Like I'm, so what I'm about, I'm what about, be. okay, let's, what about, there, has there been any shows that didn't go as well? Oh, honey. Because <laughs> we've had a couple of comedians. A whole bunch on, of those, too. Oh. Right, we've had a couple of comedians on the show. We had Bill Bellamy, yeah, we Russell had Peters, Ryan, Russell Peters, Cedric the Entertainer, Cedric yeah, and Ryan, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Ryan Davis. And so, yeah, yeah. You know, they kind of go take me, us down me, there. I'm, I'm on the show. Hey, yo. Who? Me. Hey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ryan Davis is what I was going to say. So Ryan Davis, they all told us about these moments where it's like, okay, you're not getting what you want. Uh -huh. So how do you navigate that? And like, what, like that's an experience in yeah. itself as yeah. well. And like you said, with your family, I, I, I gather like they're quick witted. So they yeah. know how to come back. They know how sure, to rebound sure. if it's not going as expected. But it's also different when you're on stage in front of people. Sometimes right. the rebounds ain't present because you're freaking out because right. you're in front of people. Exactly, that's what I want to know. So uh, a couple of shows come to mind. I mean, there's been plenty, but... We always remember though. It's just like being an athlete. Like, yes. we, I had, we were talking about something that I remember, like the drops that I yes, had on yes. those, those Yeah, that's hard games. to remember that many drops. But go ahead. <laughs> oh, so how do you keep track is what he wants to know. Um, That's his first one. The first laugh he's gotten in a hot Boom, boom. That's his first laugh he's gotten. Uh, hey, hey there's a good one, one though. Uh, yes, yeah, right. yeah. thank you. He's bound for one after so many shows. Hey. He's bound in <laughs> He brought you on the show. He's uh, one of your bringers. He's I'm bringer. A, she's my, I'm, 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 I'm here for the audience. That's bringer. good. That was quick. That, yeah, that was good. I'm proud of that one, yeah. too. That was good. That was good. I'll give you that. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, in the beginning of my career, I was trying to be who I thought people wanted me to be. Mm. Oh, man. Yeah. So, I didn't have my own point of view yet. I didn't have my own perspective yet. I'm Latina, so people want me to be Latina. And the mm -hmm. only rooms that I could really get regularly were the Latino rooms. So it'd be like mm -hmm. refried Fridays on, you know, at the improv <laughs> or whatever. Burrito Tuesdays. You know, like it would that. be okay. that night. <laughs> and everybody that goes up is like real super Latino. And I know that I can put that on. Right. So now I can do it as a character in my show where I'm just like, hey, if you guys don't even go there, like, you don't even know. Yeah. And I do that in my show, yes, yes. but my audience now knows that I'm, I'm putting that on because this is how I regularly am. I talk like this. This is what I sound like. But if I need to tell a story and I need to get like that, girl, believe it. Yeah. Like, I will do it. Right, right. But in the beginning yeah. of my career, that's how I would be on stage. Right. I would try to so just do So you would leave that. the 30-year-old white girl, which mm -hmm. you are, and yeah, yeah, go yeah. to the 28-year-old cholo yeah. chick. Yeah, 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 okay. exactly. Yeah. I would be that chick. Okay. And I felt like um, people could see right through it mm. like you can tell when you're in the presence of authenticity mm -hmm. and you can feel when you're not mm -hmm. and so I feel like there were a lot of shows that the audience could tell I was not being authentic mm -hmm. to who I was 
but it was funny. I could still make you laugh because right, I'm gonna right. do this accent. I had jokes about my mom and my dad in the beginning of my career, my first hour special, where they're talking in broken English. Mm -hmm. And my mom is just like, ay, mija, you throwing the ball, and like all these things. Mm -hmm. My mom does not speak Spanish at all. Right, right, that's hilarious. But that, I was trying to be. Yeah, that's the image we would have. Yes, I was like, okay, they expect that from me. Yeah. I can do the accent, so let me just do that then. And I would get the laugh. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear, check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wow. So there were definitely mm. nights where I could feel that they knew that this was not mm. authentic and it would be like crickets. Um, there was one night I had a guy come. I was dating this guy and it was like his first time coming to see me. And I don't know why I decided to do this. <laughs> <laughs> but I started my show with like like a, a grito, like a shout, like a ah, like something, mm -hmm. right? And I wanted the audience to do it with me. Mm -hmm. And they did not do it with me. <laughs> and I led them all into this grito and nobody gritoed. It was just me. And I was so embarrassed. And I had that guy in the audience that I was dating. It didn't last very long probably because of that. But Because of that, absolutely. Um, <laughs> but there were nights like that. But then there's also like, you know, corporate gigs are always, mm. you know, hit or miss. Usually mm -hmm. a miss because you're in a setting where you're not in a comedy club. Right. You're either in like the break room mm -hmm. or you're at their company party where right. they just want to go to the bar, have some drinks. They're talking. You know They're what I mean? They're not even paying attention They don't want to hear a comedy right. show. Right. Well, one time I got a corporate gig booked in Las Vegas and it was for a trucking company. Now, oh, wow. I don't know if you know a lot about my fan base. My fan base is predominantly women, okay? Women love your girl. Mm -hmm. Truckers. Not so much. Not so much. <laughs> but I got hired to do this event. I remember when it came through, I was like, they're not going to like right. me. But then I saw the, the amount they wanted to pay me, and I was like, okay. You'll yeah, make them good. like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. I'll take <laughs> one for the team. Let's go. <laughs> and when I tell you, I bombed. Mm. No you laughs. You didn't, you didn't research and get any trucking content? No, no trucker laughs. content. And I knew it was going to be bad because my opener comic, he's a dude. So I was mm -hmm. like, at least they're going to laugh at him. They didn't even laugh at him. They were just not in the mood for comedy, no, no, right? Wow. We're here. We're here to get drunk yes. and get on the road. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. And so he went up. They didn't laugh at him. I was like, oh, this is gonna be real bad for me then. Yeah. Oh. So I go up there, no laughs. And, wow. and again, I cater to like the feminine crowd. Nothing. Mm -hmm. The only time they laughed is when I started making fun of myself, and when I was like, listen, mm. you guys. I didn't book me for this show. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have done this. I don't want me here either. Right, yeah. Then they started laughing. Okay. I was supposed to do 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. By the time I got to around 20, 25, I started roasting the woman who booked me. Because she was like, I'm like, 
okay, you're the only woman in this whole company. Everybody here is men, but she's like, oh, there's this one comedian that's hilarious. I love her. Everyone's going to love her. No. So then I was like, girl, why why did you do this to Mm -hmm. both of us? This is ridiculous. And about 25 minutes in, I was like, do you want me to keep going? And she's like, it's okay. And then I I just got off stage at 25 minutes. But they paid me my full money, though. So it's it's her fault, not you. That's what I'm saying. You know, it it ain't you. It ain't you. Yeah. I know. We've just been rolling, I know. But let's get into the book, right? Um, How do I think I am? Who do I think I am? Who do I think I am, right? So let's get into this book. Who do I think I am? Right? He's Where maybe a, dis, a little dyslexic. Is it how or is it who? It's, it's who do who? I think I am? I Stories of Chola Wishes and Caviar Dreams. Yeah, That's the that, full title. Okay. Say that again. Who do I think I am? Stories of Chola Wishes and Caviar Dreams. Chola okay. Wishes. Now, where this idea, again, comedian, actress, yep. right? Yep. Writer, all that, right? But now, book mm-hmm. author. Author is all some totally Look at me different, go. right? Mm-hmm. Now, where did this come from? <laughs> so, um, in stand up comedy, we are taught to cut the fat. You want to get to your punchline as quick as quick possible. As possible. Take all the details out. Mm-hmm. Take it all out, set up punchline, set up punchline. That's what you want in stand-up comedy. So I'm a storyteller in stand-up. Mm-hmm. A lot of my stories need all the details because mm-hmm. they're juicy details, because they really help paint the picture of where I was at that time in my life. It really helps you grasp what I'm trying to share with you, right? Mm-hmm. So there were certain stories that did not work for stand-up. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to save this for a book one day. So you get to elaborate. Yes. Mm. So I opened up this document on my computer about 10 years mm. ago, and I started adding stories in there that did not work for the stage. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is going to be for a book one day. And mm. um, like, there was this one story that I talk about in my book about a time when I ended up at Michael Jackson's house. Nice. I had just moved to L.A. Oh, wow. And... Every detail leading up to getting there is important. Yes. But in a stand-up setting, it just feels like, get to the punchline. What's the yeah, funny part? Yeah. When did you meet Mike? Right, you right, know, right. That's all we care about. But, but the meeting Mike was not the funny part. It's right. all oh. the details. Yeah. It's leading like up to it. right. helping you visualize me being this like fish-out-of-water girl, 20 years old, just moved to Hollywood, all of a sudden is like being a groupie backstage at a concert, and somebody's like, oh, are you a dancer? I'm like, yeah, I'm a dancer. And he's mm-hmm. like, well, I need some dancers for a party. I was like, okay, let's go. And, <laughs> and I'm with all my girls, so he's like, you know, yeah, bring all your girls. I need a couple go-go dancers for this party. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. Wow. And then he calls me, and he's like, yeah, I need some six dancers. I'm like, cool, I got you. And it's like, next weekend, got you. And he's like, oh, by the way, it's at Michael Jackson's house for his birthday. Is at Neverland Ranch. And I was like, oh, okay. Like the Michael Jackson. The Michael Jackson. And so I hang up with him, and I immediately call six of my closest friends. They weren't even girls. I called my homie Harry, Chuck. I was like, bro, you want to go to Michael Jackson's house? I just called all my homies, and I was like, yo, y'all could dance. We're going to Michael Jackson's house. And so we went to Michael Jackson's house. And that's like the abridged version, but like every detail of how I was even backstage at that concert to how I even got to his house to once we got there, like all these details. And I tried it on stage a few times and I was like, it doesn't work. work. I'm going to save it for a book. Hmm, And it's now one of my favorite stories in the book. In the book. Now now to me, I'm taking that story and I'm going to go create a short story for your YouTube, whatever, and put like a cartoon behind it and have you run that story. That's what I think that, because I just saw the whole visual. Yeah. It, it's not the meeting the Michael Jackson part. You know what I'm saying? It's all those little things that lead I up actually to do that. have a, an animation that we're going to release with one of the stories of my book. Awesome. There you um, go. It's, uh, 
uh, a story more so when I was a teenager and my dad caught me wearing makeup and I wasn't supposed to be wearing makeup. Uh -oh. And it's a whole fiasco. I'm walking mm -hmm. down the street, I ended up jumping in the bushes, so he doesn't <laughs> see me. I hide in the bushes, but he saw me and this whole thing. Because you had makeup on. Because I had makeup oh, on. Yes. I wasn't okay. allowed to wear makeup. Wow, how old were you? I was a teenager, like 13, 14. But okay. when my parents got divorced and they started going to church, my dad got real religious. Mm -hmm. And it was like, we weren't allowed to wear makeup. We weren't allowed to listen to worldly music. We weren't mm -hmm. allowed to like Probably any of these pants, things. None of that stuff. All, all no, the no things. No skirts, have to wear pants. Or you wear like pants under your skirt that really, but we, Very, he wasn't yeah, like that, that. Right. that. He was more so we can't, no more listening to the radio. Wow. No wearing makeup, like very strict like that. But then wow. my mom, it was a whole different thing. Like we would go to church with my mom, but we were listening to Tupac on the way there. Like it was right. fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair, that's fair. Yeah. So in the space, right, comedy, actor, director? No. Never. Are you sure? Because you don't, you don't know who you are I from mean, what I... I, don't... I mean, I could figure it out. I'm okay. just saying it's not something I aspire to. Okay. Although this past weekend I filmed my fifth hour special that I definitely, I, I didn't direct it myself, mm -hmm. but I, I learned input. more about it. I definitely mm -hmm. had more input of the shots that I like to see and mm -hmm. what, so maybe you could call me a co-director at that okay. point. But, okay, we'll um, give you that. So yeah. what's the big picture? If you can have one, the biggest comedian in the world, the biggest actress in the world, if you can only have one. Oh, actress. By far. Even though the comp, so you wouldn't want to be on stage and have, let's say, the Eddie Murphy raw career for two years when he came up like delirious and raw and he was the biggest in the world. I mean, there, there's no feeling like being on stage in front of a live audience yes. and sharing a joke that you wrote, like something you thought of in your own head mm -hmm. and then you said with your own mouth mm -hmm. and then you have thousands of people laughing and affirming yes. what you did, confirming Absolutely. like, yes. That was you it. win. Right, right, right. And then you say another joke and they laugh and it's yes, you, you win. win. There's no feeling right. like that vibration of laughter hitting your body for yeah. a joke that you wrote. There's no feeling like that. Right. But, <laughs> but there's something but. so special about, for me, a multicam sitcom. Mm -hmm. Being on set, I get to act, which is what I love to do, mm -hmm. and it's a comedy, and it's filmed in front of a live studio audience, so it's kind of like you still get a little bit of that effect of the live laughter, mm -hmm. you know, from something you're doing and something you're saying, and also, you get to live in one place, and you just wake up, yeah. and you go to the set, yeah, and you true. do your rehearsal, <laughs> you do your table read, you do your rehearsal, yeah. you do your tape night, and then you get to spend the weekend with your family, you get yeah. to go to your own grocery store, that you get to go to your friend's world, baby yeah. shower, you get to go to all of these things, where when you're on the road, you miss out on so all much. That, yeah. It's such a toll on your body, which you guys know. Yeah. It's a toll on your body, you're away from your your bed, mm -hmm. your shower that has the right water pressure that you like, <laughs> yeah. your pillow, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, there's, they're both special and unique, but ultimate dream for me, I would love to have my own multicam sitcom mm -hmm. and just be stationary and be here. Yeah, listening to you earlier, you said you've evolved as a person, you know, a comedian, a wife. I was waiting to hear his mom, no kids, I, ha I have a dog. I'm, I'm a really good dog mom. That's not dog mom is a mom. Let me tell you. Dog mom's a mom. It's a mom. Dog mom's a mom. And he travels with me everywhere. See? Out of the person, like a real well, the like dog a kid. Is. 
Imaginary. Well, no. I do tell <laughs> my dog sometimes, like, when I'm, like, just so obsessed with him, I'm like, I love you so much, I can't believe I gave birth to you. Aww. Like, that's how much I love him. So you don't want him. kids? I mean, listen, the joke has always been, I talk about it in my act a lot, about how my husband and I always said that we don't want kids. Because, oh, yeah, both you know, don't. So it's a... You know, we like our life just the way thing. it is. Yeah. Okay. But I will be honest and say, now that I'm getting older, that mm. I'm about to be 40. Mm-hmm. And it's like, now that I'm getting older, I'm like, hey, are we for sure? Because TikTok, clocks right. are ticking. I don't got all the time in the world. <laughs> right. You know what right. I mean? Talk about the dances. Like, he could yeah. have kids till forever yeah. if he wanted to. But right. me, I don't got all the time. So we got to right. really figure this out. If this is what we want or don't want. Because I think you would be a lovely mom. Just Thank you. Listening your just your path of life, what you've learned from mom, dad, brothers, and just your journey and how yeah. you've gotten you to where share you that are. Journey. So, Thank I mean, you. that would be another, I think, element to who do you think you are? Thank you. I appreciate that. Not how. Not, yes, not, not <laughs> how at all. But well, maybe it, they don't know how to have kids. Maybe they don't know let how. Let everyone know where they can find your book at. Uh, I mean, you can get my book on Amazon, okay. Audible. Okay. You can listen to me read my book to you. So if you've been a fan of my stand-up really? and my storytelling... Okay. And how, how do they find that, that as well? Uh, on on the app, Audible. There's Go to Amazon. right there, so okay. just tell the people. You know what I mean? <laughs> where they can find it. Action. So what you want to do is go to Audible or Amazon or Barnes & Noble or wherever, and you can order my book there. You could go to my Instagram page, click the link in my bio. And, and what's you your can Instagram handle? At Angela Johnson, spelled yes, A-N-J-E-L-A-H. Yeah. Did you just hit me up like a crip? You know. I mean. <laughs> what? Hey, we want to appreciate you coming on, taking yeah. the time. I, Thank again, you. I know it's been, we were trying to get you on for a long time. I know you're crazy busy because you're a superstar comedian, but thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. Thank you for having yeah. me. Thank oh, you. Absolutely. There it is. Get your popcorn ready. Angela Johnson, peace. See you next week. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.